Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. There's so much in there, isn't it? It's eight verses, but as I was preparing, I thought we could just do verse one, you know, and just stay there for 40 minutes. That would be all right. Um, is there anything that stood out particularly to you in this passage? Maybe any word that you feel might be important. When I was reading it, the first thing, as I said, the first verse stood out to me. And so the first thing where I got stuck was the living sacrifice, right? It says, in view of God's mercy, to offer our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. Other translations, as the one David read, um, said to present our bodies. Mine says to offer, but present our bodies. Now, this term present is actually often used as... um, referring to the uh, priests in the Old Testament, right? The Levites, uh, when they were actually presenting sacrifices on behalf of the Israelites. They would present animals, usually burnt offerings to God, to the Lord, as the law required, right? So the first thing that this verse does is reaffirm the priesthood of every believer. You know how in Peter it says, It speaks of a royal priesthood. You are a royal priesthood, it says, right? So you and I this morning are priests. You are a priest. And with that, there's an invitation to action in that verse. Because Paul is essentially saying, we are here to offer a sacrifice. Not a burnt offering, not an animal like it was in the Old Testament. No, but a living sacrifice, right? Ourselves. We are the living sacrifice. Our first sacrifice as priests is to offer our own lives on the altar. In light of God's mercy, it says. In light of everything I have explained, Paul says. In light of what Rob was sharing in the worship. In light of everything you've been saved from. Everything that God has done for you. Offer yourself as a sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Now here's the thing about a living sacrifice sacrifice. It's alive. Well done, Kev. Uh, It's alive. It's active. It's not consumed and dead. It's alive. It's burning, right? And in order for our lives to keep burning for God, if you'd like, it speaks later on in the chapter of zeal for God. In order for that to happen, in order to keep burning, a sacrifice has to continually be made, right? Because otherwise the fire eventually dies. So we are called to continually offer ourselves to God, in order for fire to remain burning on the altar, a sacrifice has to constantly be put on. In order for fire to remain, sacrifice has to be made. So the fire will remain as long as sacrifices are made. Great. Maybe it reminds you of a story in the Old Testament. Isaac, anyone? Altar? Yes. Abraham and Isaac, perhaps. Um, where Isaac was supposed to be put on the altar. And at the last moment, you know, God, an angel comes and, and stops, stops it from happening. And, and a ram comes out and appears and, and then that becomes the sacrifice. But why was Isaac going to go on the altar? Because it was the most precious thing that Abraham had, right? His son. What is the most precious thing to most people today? It's their own lives, Right? 
God is asking us to lay down our lives on the altar, offer them as a sacrifice to him. Now, we know this very well because Galatians 2.20, right? It's a very famous verse, says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Key words there are, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Our lives are no longer our own. We offer them as a sacrifice to our Lord. Do you remember how you felt? Rob, you were on it this morning. Because you remember how you felt when you first gave your life to God. When you first gave your life, when you realized actually what God had done for you, what you've been saved from. The joy of that salvation. Or maybe beyond that, times where you knew God was speaking to you. You knew that God was doing something special. And, and, and it's not about feelings, right? Feelings are unreliable. They come and go. We don't chase experience per se with God to feel things. But there's some points in your life where you can probably pinpoint God was there. God was moving. God was speaking. And I can recall moments like that in my life. Moments where maybe you felt on fire for God, as people say. And then moments where maybe I didn't feel as much that way. And maybe it's because at that point, I, wasn't, I, I hadn't offered myself my life in the same way to God. See, the beautiful thing, though, when we do offer our lives as sacrifice on the altar, just like Abraham with Isaac and all of that, God gives it back, right? Isaac wasn't burnt on the altar. He was given back to Abraham. And it's the same for us. God doesn't take it away. He says, hey, he invites us as part of his marvelous plan and say, okay, you're submitting your life to me. Now let me bless you. Let me enable you. Let me prosper you into the things I have for you. But the key is to offer our lives to him as a sacrifice that he is now Lord over our lives. And that's the funny thing because actually many Christians today, if you really think about it, probably live with a savior, but maybe not so much with a Lord if that makes sense. Have you noticed that? So you, you have the, the, the salvation and, and I recognized that in my own life at one point. I knew, okay, Jesus, you have done all of this for me. So I recognize that and I recognize you as my savior. I am saved and I enjoy, I will enjoy eternal life with you and that feels good and great. But actually it's a whole other thing to recognize Jesus as your Lord because that involves that surrendering and him taking over. That, that involves a different, different priorities. That involves in us not knowing what might come in the future, what God might lead us into. But this is what we are called to do. Lay our lives down so that Jesus, God, would be our Lord and Savior. Both of those parts are important. A life submitted to him and to his will. And it says our bodies. Now, this is interesting as well because, you know, there's... Throughout the history of the church, uh, different thought processes, but one of them was, well, our bodies isn't really important. What's important is the spirit because we're alive in the spirit. So why does it say our bodies here? Offer our bodies as living sacrifices because our bodies is what God is going to use to move all throughout the earth, right? We are his hands and feet. It's through us, through uh, the vessel of who we are that God wants to move. So we don't want to let the fire die. Okay, we want to put our lives on the altar every day, offer ourselves saying, God, use this body, use me 
for the glory and advancement of your kingdom. And the sacrifice is a cost in itself, right? It should cost us something. It cost something for the Israelites back then. The best animal generally, the one without blemish, the one that was perfect in every way. It cost them to go and put that on the altar. And maybe it cost us something to live that way as well. But you know what? There is much reward in it on the other side. Because God has much in store for each of us when we say, come and be Lord of my life. God, lead me in your ways and not my ways. Come and be Lord. As we've been praying with Sharon, I want to I take this morning actually to, to share a few things along the way of this message um, that God has been saying through different people, pictures, words, um, and, and I'm going to lob that in along the way uh, because I think it's important to just hear what God is saying to us in this season and actually realize how much he's been speaking and what it means for where we're going. So um, as we've been praying with Sharon over the past few weeks, uh, one word we, we can't get away from, if you'd like, um, is devotion. Devotion. God just keeps putting that word here and there in different contexts um, as we've been praying. Devotion. Devotion, live a life devoted to God and devoted to others, a life of devotion. In this crossing over that we're doing from one side of the Jordan to another, and, and, and I'm aware how much probably this picture of crossing over has been used in the life of the church over years, but this is truly what's, what's happening. As a church, we are moving over into a new era. It's not even a new season. It's a new era where things are going to look different. God is moving us along, and we are following him, and in this crossing over, I believe that God is saying, devote yourself to me. Devote yourself to one another. Live a life of devotion. Now, devotion, that word in Greek is philostrogos. And in the Greek, and when you look at the essence, the essence of that word, it means a love of the love of parent and children and husbands and wife. Meaning a love that is not supposed to break, a love that's not supposed to fail, a love that is strong, a love that makes the other a priority, a love that is demonstrated, that is strong and active. That is what God is calling us to be like in this season, devoted in our love for him, but also devoted in our love for others. In the offering of ourselves as living sacrifice, we demonstrate with our bodies, with our lives, in the way we daily live, that God is our priority, that he is our all. And that, it says at the end of verse 1, is true and proper worship. It pleases him. It brings glory to him when we live in that way. Verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now the word that stands out here is probably transformation. Funny how in the first verse we have Present your bodies. So the presentation of ourselves as living sacrifice leads then to a transformation of who we are in God. Isn't that great? Transformation. Soon we don't think like the world does. We don't have the same priorities. We don't even see the world the same way because of what God is doing in us. 
And of course, we take this verse and apply it to our circumstances today, to our thinking and whatever, and that's great and that's fine. But I also have to remind us that Paul, he's writing in the context of chapter 19 and 11. And Sharon shared about that last time we were in the building. So he's also referring, he's saying to the Roman church, hey, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the things you've heard, but actually in the context of the Jews and, uh, and the chosen people of God. He's saying they are still relevant, right? Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not think that you are higher than them or that they are second class somehow because that thinking had crept into the church at that point. That was what the Roman civilization was about, right? We are the best. We are number one, very boastful, very prideful. They were conquering everywhere, right? So, so some of that thinking had crept into the church and thinking, well, this is who we are now. We are the chosen ones and maybe the Jews aren't that important anymore. But actually, Paul is saying there, do not conform to that pattern of thinking. Think with the mind of Christ. Remember, chapter 19, 11, remember that you have been grafted in to their promise and their covenant. So what Paul is saying is don't let that Roman mindset dictate the way you think. Because again, Romans were proud, boastful, thinking of themselves as the best. Do not let those thoughts prosper in your mind, for they are not right. God is not finished with his people. And we've seen that. Jane has shared incredible messages over the past few weeks. And Sharon shared two weeks ago when we were here in the building as well around that. God is not finished with his chosen people. Stop thinking with a Roman mindset and think with the mind of Christ. And how many of you know that actually the Roman mindset is probably not that far off of what, how the world thinks today, right? Very individualistic, very let me get my way and it's about me and whatever. And Paul is inviting us, don't think like that. Don't think like that, but think with the mind of Christ. Be renewed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as we present ourselves as sacrifices, God transforms us. He transforms the way we think and enables us to live life a different way. Have you, have you ever used um, noise-canceling headphones? Anyone? No, noise can, they, they're like a, quite an amazing piece of tech, aren't they? Because normal headphones, you realize how rubbish they are in comparison to that once you've used the uh, noise-canceling headphones. But especially when you're in loud environments, like you're going to the gym or you're in the underground somewhere or, or whatever, there's a lot of conversations happening, a lot of maybe music already there, but you want your own, so you have your noise-canceling headphones. And it's, it's amazing when you, you put them on, it's like everything else just fades away, right? Suddenly there's, there's no more sound or the rumbling around you is going, fading away in the background. And as we offer ourselves as living sacrifice and live a life of devotion to God, as we focus on what he's saying, on what he's speaking, on what he's doing, on what his word is saying, then everything else starts fading away. It's like putting those noise-canceling headphones. God's voice becomes clear, loud, and the word we live by and everything else fades into the background. Jen, she's... Um, Jen Saints, you've probably seen her once or twice on the stream. She's uh, in charge of prayer over the whole church, uh, over the whole of Kingdom Faith. And um, we were praying together uh, in a meeting a few weeks back, and she had this picture uh, while praying, uh, a picture of sound waves going out, sound waves echoing over the church. His voice, the Father's voice, 
like sound wave over us. A call to draw near, to hear and respond to the Father's voice. She said she felt like a voice was calling us to intimacy, to walk fully in his, way, in his ways. His sound waves keep sounding out in the spirit over the church. In his grace, God never stops calling, always giving us an opportunity to respond. And then she felt like Psalm 29 was highlighted to her where it speaks of the mighty voice of the Lord calling over the waters. She then saw a stone figure. And as the sound wave touched the stone over and over and over again, it began to crack, to crumble, and then to awaken. And the figure represented the church and also those who might have grown, grown cold to God. And it began to come alive to the sound of his voice and break free from the stone and all that would hold them back or keep them silent in any way, keep the church silent in any way, whether that would have been sin, lies, passivity, fears. It really is a beautiful picture. God is always speaking. His voice is always re resounding around us. Those sound waves never stop going out. Do you realize how great it is of God to do that? He doesn't just speak once and then leaves you with it. But in his grace, he will remind you of what he said time and time again. His voice doesn't change. His truth doesn't change. And he keeps putting his voice out there like those sound waves going over the church, going over us and reminding us of who we are, reminding us of, reminding us of his good and perfect will as well. Such a good picture. God's always speaking. And so we need to, it's like this renewing of the mind. We need to put on noise-canceling headphones and focus on his voice. It's always what's the loudest in our lives that will be dictating what we do or what we think, right? So yesterday, I had the privilege to go see Brighton play against Chelsea at the stadium. It was my first time seeing Chelsea play. I'm a Chelsea fan. And... Uh, those guys didn't play really well yesterday. For the first time seeing them, uh, they lost 4-1, which was great. That was not the result I expected. But why I'm mentioning it is that I was obviously on the Brighton side of the stadium. And so Brighton fans were really happy, let me tell you. It was like they won the World Cup, uh, if that was possible. Uh, they were jumping and screaming and chanting songs and everything and clapping. And I'm in the middle there. And in my heart, I'm thinking, well, I really want Chelsea to win. But then because of how loud everything else and the clapping, suddenly I'm like clapping, uh, Brighton, you know? And I'm like, and it's coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, what is happening? But because it's so loud, you just get caught up in it, right? And so you're like, seagulls. And, and like, what's happening to me? Um, whatever is the loudest in our life, whatever is the sound that we are tuning into will dictate what comes out of us, right? It will dictate how we act, what we do, what we say. And don't, 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 don't take the, yeah, it was an incredible experience. I, it didn't take away anything. I loved being there. It was a lot of fun. The atmosphere was incredible. Uh, and I'm thinking of going to buy a Brighton shirt now. So, um, Maybe I should do that, but uh, hopefully Chelsea will start winning again. But get my point. It's about what's the loudest in our heads, in our minds. Sometimes we just need to tune everything out and go to God and say, hey, what are you saying? Put our lives on the altar and listen to him so that we can know what is good and pleasing and perfect will is. 
Now, we've only done two verses, and to be honest, I'm kind of just scheming over them uh, just to... Um, just for the time, sake of time. Um, then we have verse 3. In verse 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, that last part, we're going to look at it in one chunk. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Now again there, it's a reference to the, to the thinking that was at the time, right? As Romans and, and the thinking that was there, creeping into the church, it was like, hey, don't think of yourself higher than you ought to, right? Think of yourself with sober judgment. So Paul is addressing that again. And then he goes, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. And if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Again, this analogy of the body is so well known, right? It would be almost too easy to glance over it and be like, oh, we know about that part. That's good. We've heard that before. But I want to draw attention to verse 5 for a second. It says, in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And Dave's going to be speaking next week. He's our children and youth pastor. Um, and so go to church in the home. Listen to Dave. It's going to be great. He's going to take, he's going to start off from that bit and go on beyond what we're speaking about today. So I don't want to linger too long on that and, and take away from what he's going to say, but I want to focus on this one verse. Each member belongs to all the others. We as a body belong to each other. Do you realize how strong that is? I don't know if that puts an image in your head. I kind of imagine us like arms in arms. We belong to each other as part of this body. If you are part of this body, I belong to you and you belong to me. That is what this is saying. This again points back to me to this word devotion. Devote yourself to God and we've looked at that and like now is the devote yourself to one another. These are strong words speaking of the, the bond, the togetherness, the strength of the relationship that is to be had in a body. And we see that in the early church in Acts, right? It says they were of one mind and of one heart. Now get a bunch of people Granted, there's uh, not many of us, but even just us, to be of one heart and one mind, of one focus and one aim to go forward, it must not have been easy, but they achieved that somehow, and God is calling us to do the same. When God spoke over a year ago about starting church in a home, um, one of the things he highlighted to us was that love for one another part, the community aspect. It was some of the first fruit we saw emerging from the church in the home was this togetherness, this strengthening of the relationships in this congregation, the unity that started to come and this community aspect that started to grow. Why? Because when we met in those smaller groups in church in the home, there was more opportunities and more time for deeper conversation, but also time to pray together, to connect at a different level than maybe when we are all here in the building, it's harder to do. Um, so it was just special in that way and God was adding to who we were through what he was doing in homes and so 
I believe that God wants to do some more of that going forward. And I believe that church in the home helps with that when we meet in those smaller groups. And I believe actually that it's so important to keep cultivating what he's doing there. And that more needs to happen with church in the home. We'll, we'll talk about that probably towards the new year. But I believe that there's some things that God wants to shift and just enable us to move forward into new things with that. Um, so there's a greater release of his purposes that he wants to see in each, every one of us and through each, every one of us as we relate to one another. And finally, the last few verses says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If it's your gift to prophesy, then prophesy. If it's serve and serve, if it's teaching and teach, encourage, encourage. We've heard it three times. It's okay, Kev, we get it. We all have gifts. We all have been given by God through his grace, abilities, giftings that we can bless those around us with. Your life matters. As you are part of this body, your life matters. You bring something to the body that is unique, that I cannot bring. It's so important that we recognize that we all have this part to play. Pastor Clive had a picture in a prayer meeting told you I would love some of that in, but it's good for us as the body to hear all of those things that is going on in different prayer meetings and things. So Pastor Clive had this picture of a battlefield, like in the older times, um, where like, you know, they had uniforms of different colors and stuff, depending on what the role were, or what the position were um, uh, in, in the battle. And so the, he saw all of those uniforms of varied colors, um, and, and he saw a picture of the front line, and this call was going out for everyone to move towards that front line. And everyone was in uniform, and some were ready and moving forward, and someone kind of, kind of thinking about it, should I, should I go, should I not? And some were kind of in the uniform, but totally unaware of that call to the front lines. And we are called to be frontline people. As a church, we are called to be on the front line of what God is doing. But also, all those different colors refer to what these verses are saying. It looks different for each of us. And that is why this beauty in the body that we are. Because for us, being on the front line looks different depending on our giftings and what God wants to do through each of us. It speaks in there about hospitality, right? Um, we have some great hosts in this church, in this congregation that have a real gifting for hospitality. They have this ability, you have this ability to make us welcome in your home, to make us feel valued through the time you take speaking to us, talking about us, remembering everything we told you two weeks ago. It's amazing. It's a real gifting and that's not to be overlooked. It's something that is on your life that God has given you. You thrive on welcoming people into your home or welcoming them here and making people feel loved and valued. It's beautiful to see that. We have some great prayer people all across the body that are praying in the background, not even people know about that they are praying like that, but it enables us to move forward as a body and that's so important as well. And we have people with a real gift of encouragement I know that you guys have that gift. I know because you come up to me and share some things or say some things that encourage me and you bring so much strength to the body with those encouraging words, stirring people on to go forward. You all have something to bring to the 
table. And it's when that body moves together as one that we can move forward. If one part, if I have a lingering arm or whatever, there are some things I cannot do. So arms need to do their part as well. Um, Sabs and Becca, do you want to come forward? I want to ask you guys to uh, share a bit of what God has been saying to you that kind of fits in with this last part of the body. Um, I think you'll be starting and then. Thank you. Um, we started a prayer small group, um, and as we were praying for the congregation and Burgess Hill, I felt God was saying um, he wants to do some un unclogging. So you know when you have pipes, and they can, through dirt and grease, whatever, they can start um, clogging up and just blocking the water from flowing and reducing the flow. Um, and he wants to get rid of these barriers, so they can be whatever, disobedience, sin, discouragement, unbelief, the lies of the enemy. Um, yeah, just different things in, in our lives that can just reduce that flow, like inflow and outflow to others. Um, and yeah, God wants to change that and he wants to get rid of it and just really revive through that river of living water um, areas in our lives. Yeah, so just off the back of um, what Sabs was saying when we were praying, I just had a really strong sense that God was saying that there were maybe one person, maybe a couple of people in the congregation, maybe not here today, um, but who have the gift of prophecy and that they used to prophesy a lot and God used to use them really um, intentionally and really strongly in that gift. And maybe over the last couple of years, um, you've not been operating in that gift for whatever reason, maybe it's a loss of confidence or yeah, just not hearing God's voice in the same way. And it just felt like God was just encouraging to say, he's there, he's still, he's still in you, he's speaking to you, he's given you that gift. And yeah, it's cool because I didn't know that Kev was going to talk about this this morning. So God knows what he's doing. But yeah, it's just an encouragement um, that, yeah, you're still gifted and God's going to use you. So shall I pray? Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for the, your word and thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. And yeah, thank you for what you put in Rob's heart this morning about this fresh release of the Holy Spirit. And yeah, we just pray for that this morning. I pray for uh, this word that you gave me for anyone who um, you've gifted that amazing gift of prophecy. I thank you that you you want to speak to us. You want to um, give us these powerful words that we wouldn't otherwise know. And yeah, I just pray for a fresh release of that gift and just the boldness and the confidence and people to share as well. And yeah, I pray that there will be the interpretation as well, if, if needed, for any of these prophecies, pictures, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, just pray for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit this morning and just throughout our weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's, it's funny how God does things, right? Because I was prepping this message and then um, I shared bits of it with Sharon and she was like, oh, you know what? We were praying. And then, and then Sabrina and Becca had this great picture and this great word and it would fit. And again, you see how God uses everyone as part of the body to paint this fuller picture of what he's doing and what he's saying. And so that's why it's so important that we each play our part as part of the body. We all have gifts that have been given to us. So, there's an altar 
there. And for the altar, the fire to keep burning on the altar, we need to keep offering our lives. And we do that every day, right? It doesn't take much, but I don't know how you start your day, but we, we did this this few preachers on the first minute of 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 everything the first minute um pastor colin did that um and essentially the first minute is is very simple is god i'm sorry for anything that i've done that has grieved your heart any sin anything that that was wrong of me father forgive me that's the first half of the minute gone and the second half is recognizing who we are in him because that never changes who he's called us to be how he sees us right i thank you that you have chosen me anointed me that you have seated me with christ co-heir with him all of that is true for each of us and then his father my life is yours it's not my own. I want to live it the way you want me to live it. And so we do that first minute. I would encourage you to, to take that at the beginning of every day. You get out of bed, feet hit the floor, and you're like, God, this is your day. Because that's the way God is calling us to live, with our lives on the altar as a living sacrifice. And as we do that, he renews and transforms us and releases us in those gifts that he has for us. Um, Sabrina spoke of the unclogging of things. I want to leave a minute and we could have a band, we could go back into a song, but actually silence is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I want to take a few minutes of silence where maybe in your own heart, just ask God, hey, is there any, and there's no shame in that. This is not a condemning message, right? This is an empowering, freeing message more than anything. But ask the Lord, just be like, God, is there anything clogging the pipes in my life if, if, if we're, if we're going with that image? Just ask him, Father, I want to live burning for you. I want to live with my life lived as a, as a sacrifice, living sacrifice for you. And whatever you want to do in me, show me what that is and show me how to do it. Spend a few minutes, just you and the Lord like that. Um, it can be in silence. It's okay. And then I'll pray for us at the end. Yeah, Father, I want to thank you for what you are saying to each of us right now and what you are saying to us as a body, as a church. Lord, we don't want to be Christians that just enjoy the salvation part and the goodness of that. But Father, we want to live with you as our Lord, our Lord and Savior, not just one, but our Lord and Savior, our lives submitted to you in every way. Father, I pray that we wouldn't just shut the door to this word as like, oh, this was nice and we've responded now. But Father, let this response be a continued thing into the week that we wouldn't stop the conversation that has started between you and us now. But Father, we would carry it on in the days to come. Father, I pray that you would show so clearly what those next steps might be for each of us as part of your body, what that part might be to play on the battlefield if we'd like. Father, you call us to be frontline people. Find us willing, Father. Find us willing. Just like Joshua said, me and my house, we will serve you, Lord. Father, we are here to serve you, to serve your kingdom, to serve your purposes, Father. Show us what that looks like. For each of us, there's an answer. And I pray that it would become so clear this week, Father. And I pray that as a result, there'll be a fresh activation as you're unclogging those pipes, getting rid of blockages and things. Father, I, I pray for a fresh activation over each and every one of us. A fresh flow of your spirit, a fresh release over each and every one of us in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for how good you are and everything that you are doing in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.